this episode is brought to you by my free What's Working Guide. If you want to download some tips on what is working right now in 2022 from both myself and other real-life indoor playground owners who are currently working to launch or grow their business, head to michellecarawana.com slash what's working or simply click the link in the show notes or episode description. You'll get the free tips delivered right to your inbox. Download my What's Working Guide right now. If you own or manage an indoor play center or really any business that serves local kids and families, and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips every weekday that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play-based business. Something I have learned from years of coaching indoor playground owners is that this type of business model operates the best when the owner feels truly aligned with their company and when they set their business up in a way that amplifies their strengths and passions. So for example, Art Factory Play Cafe and Party Place is a perfect portrayal of owner Tal's artistic gifts. At her facility, Tal combines art classes and DIY art projects for both children and adults with play and parties that create a sense of community and belonging to her customers. You can tell as soon as you walk in the door that Tal had a vision for her space, and part of that was to foster creativity, something she cares deeply about. Another example is Gentle Hands Play Space in Tallahassee. Owner Alicia spent much of her professional career working with young children. She designed her space and created her streams of revenue with the intent to help parents navigate early childhood development in a fun and fresh way. She sells sensory bins, hosts really high-quality music classes, and interweaves her play-based learning philosophy throughout her entire facility. I truly believe that a play-based business will enjoy the highest level of success when the owner and the staff remain passionate about what they are providing to, to their community. And this is a big reason why I don't believe in franchising play spaces, because different areas need different things. Owners need flexibility and room to dream and be agile and pivot based on their competitive landscape and what their customers are saying, something that franchisees just don't really have the opportunity to do. Now, having said all that, that there is immense value in our uniqueness, there are just some things that I believe, at least right now in 2022, that all play spaces need in order to survive. Because while our play spaces are quote-unquote labors of love for many of us owners, it's also a business, right? We have bills that we have to pay that just don't stop coming, (laughs) We have staff to compensate. We have families to provide for. So in my group coaching program, Playmaker Society, I really try to help owners do just this, marry their strengths and passions with what their business needs to remain profitable. And one of those things that I've grown increasingly passionate about, especially since the pandemic, is having cafe and espresso offerings. We all have those hills that we choose to die on, and this is just one of mine. You know, the whole cafe thing, the belief that John Bonet Ramsey was 
not killed by a family member, but instead an intruder, and that the next Taylor Swift album will be coming on May 13th, 2022. I just had to sneak that in there in this episode, you know, so it's documented just in case this is the one time my carefully researched Taylor Swift theories was right. So I'm putting it in there, May 13th, 2022. All right. So anyways, back to why I think a cafe is required for the survival of the modern day play space. And I say survival, but that's not really what I mean because we don't just want our businesses to survive, right? We don't want to just scrape by every single day, barely affording our rent and not paying ourselves as owners. We want our businesses to thrive, to provide freedom for our families, and not just suck all of our time and energy away from our loved ones. And by the way, this is a really important distinction because a lot of owners who are getting ready to open will say to me, Well, Michelle, I've done the math and I will be just fine without a cafe. I'd rather not take on the extra expense or responsibility of having a cafe. So to that, I usually say, well, okay, but is your goal to be fine? Is your goal to have to work more hours in order to make up for the revenue that your cafe could easily be already generating during the hours that you're already operating? So In this two-part episode series, I will be doing my best to convince you prospective owners out there to start with a cafe. And for any of you current owners out there without a cafe offering yet, this is for you too. And even if you are currently operating with a cafe, which by the way, great job, thumbs up, I still want you to tune into this series because you may take away an idea or two of how you can really make the most out of it. And before I get into the first of several reasons why cafes are essential for a thriving play-based business in 2022 and beyond, I just want to clarify one thing. So when I say cafe, I'm mainly referring here to coffee, espresso, and similar drink offerings. I'm not necessarily talking about food service, but we will touch on that as well. Just keep that in mind as we go through the next few episodes. All right, so reason number one why your play-based business needs a cafe to thrive. Cafe items are high profit margin. So before we get into this one, I want to go back to business school really quickly and just do a little review of terms so that it makes as much sense as possible. All right, startup costs are expenses incurred to plan, register, and organize and launch a new business venture. In terms of a cafe, startup costs, which are sometimes also referred to as quote-unquote sunk costs, would include cafe equipment like your espresso machine, any plumbing or construction needs, and any other equipment needs like your espresso grinder, blenders, and all of those miscellaneous materials needed to make that first drink. And by the way, if you want a tour of our cafe counter and all of the equipment that we owned and operated, and why, I have a YouTube video showcasing this, which I will link in the show notes in case you're a visual person like me. Operating expenses, on the other hand, are costs that you incur in the day-to-day process of running your cafe. So things like hourly wages, cleaning supplies, things like that. Now that we have those two definitions out of the way for clarification purposes, we're going to talk about cost of goods sold. Cost of goods sold is the cost that it takes you to make a menu item and prepare it for sale. 
So for example, let's take a latte. You'd have to calculate what the cost of one shot of espresso is, which you should know anyways. And by the way, this is not what you charge customers. It's what you pay. You'd have to calculate the cost of one cup or so of milk or milk alternative and the cost of one shot or of flavor if that's what you include with your lattes. You'd also have to add in the cost of the cup, sleeve, and lid, as well as any whipped cream or garnishes. So the machine itself would be categorized under startup costs, and the wage of the person making it would be categorized under operating costs because they are getting paid hourly whether or not they make any drinks. So I'm looking at one month of my cafe sales broken down item by item, um, price, cost, and with the profit margin calculated, something that I share with my Playmaker Society members. And as another review, a menu item's profit margin tells you how much the product sells for above the actual cost of the product itself. Essentially, profit margin calculates how much out of every dollar you make from an item that is profit. Now, as a note here, this calculation, when done per item, only takes into account cost of goods sold and not operating costs or startup costs. So while this entire spreadsheet is available for Playmaker Society members, I'm going to share some examples here. So our profit margin for a cup of coffee, including the cup and such and creamer and other fixings, was around 85% meaning that for every $1 we made in coffee sales, 85 cents of that was profit and went to covering our operating expenses or overhead costs, recouping our startup costs, and increasing our owner's compensation. And here's the thing, almost all cafe items are very high like this in terms of profit margin. Hot tea, for example, we sold for a 95% profit margin. Hot cider that came from a powder mix that our guests loved in the fall, also 95% profit margin, and we sold a lot of hot spiced cider. When we as owners can buy in bulk, we can charge our customers fair prices that they are more than willing and happy to pay and still make these incredible margins on our cafe items. And we're going to talk more about how this benefits the customers in the next episode of this series. So when people tell me, oh, adding a cafe would be too expensive, I tell them, well, if you really do the math, how long would it take you to recoup your cafe startup costs and begin funneling your cafe profits right into covering your huge costs in your business like rent and payroll? And I know that you love numbers as much as I do, so let's do a little math. And let's look at the cost of my equipment. Now again, I have all of this broken down item by item inside of Playmaker Society, but this includes my commercial espresso machine, my grinder, my knockbox, my milk pitchers, and all of the training expenses and products that we use to train with, and that first initial stock-up order. Now note here, this does not include my counter or anything like that because I would have had to have that counter installed either way. And it doesn't include my sinks or dishwasher because we needed those items anyway. So let's not split hair here's, hairs here <laughs> and get too technical. But anyway, all of these items that I mentioned, again, all of this is linked in YouTube in the show notes. All of these items total to around $7,000. Now, 
do I regret not getting a fancier espresso machine and one that could make multiple drinks at once and steam milk a lot faster? Yes, I do regret that. I didn't get the fanciest machine out there, but again, I can't go back now. And again, if you want to see my full setup and the exact machine and equipment I chose, it's all on YouTube. But anyway, my startup cost for the cafe-specific items was around $7,000. So going back to this one month of cafe sales of March 2019, that month, which yes, was one of our busiest months because March was like the height of our indoor play season. Everyone's getting restless from winter and it's not quite outside weather yet in Western New York, but anyways, we made a net profit of $11,437.17, meaning we made over $11,000 after our initial cost of goods sold was already taken out of the equation. So not only did I fully cover our entire startup costs for those cafe-specific items in this one month, our cafe sales contributed almost $4,000 extra over that to cover payroll, rent, owner's comp, and all of those other costs in our business. This is absolutely incredible. And let me be the first to say, there is no secret sauce here. I didn't do anything special or get any sort of unique or outlandish results. When I talk to other play-based business owners that really place a significant focus on their cafe and generating cafe sales, their results and profit are pretty similar. So before we break for part two, let me ask you, after this one month that it may take to recoup your startup costs, what would $11,000 in additional profit do for your business? Would it take some pressure off your open play sales, especially since the pandemic? Would it reduce the amount of hours that you would need to work? Would you be able to hire and delegate more tasks? Would you be more free to dream, to relax, to spend time with your family and realize the true quote-unquote life of a business owner lifestyle that you dreamed of when you started drawing up your business plan? Would it mean that you had to coordinate less classes, order less retail items, simplify your business in any way? Would it mean that you as the owner got to take home a bigger check each month? Would it mean more vacations and extras for your family? Now, just let me play devil's advocate for a bit, and let's say that $11,000 profit month was an outlier because, you know, it was March, our busiest month, and we didn't really have any other cafes super close by. We did have a Tim Hortons, which is like our Western New York Dunkin' Donuts, but it closed really early, and it just wasn't something that a lot of parents enjoyed stopping at on their way in. So let's say you did half of those sales and made $5,500 in profit. Again, this is not profit, not gross revenue. This is after we take out cost of goods sold. That $5,000 would still likely be game-changing for your business. Even one-fourth of that $11,000. If you made around $2,500 in profit, which again, I'm just doing like rough math here, let's say you did one-fourth of that $11,000 month. And like I said, $2,500 in profit. That's less than the cost of wages for a manager or a team lead that works 30 hours a week in your business and makes $20 per hour. So what would it mean for you? Let's say you don't really resonate with the profit numbers. 
what would it mean for you to be able to hire a manager at 30 hours a week and pay them a very fair wage above market value of $20 per hour? That is huge for most people. And that's just if you get one-fourth of those sales that I talked about. So when people tell me a cafe is too expensive or tell me it's not worth the upfront investment, I like to do this little math exercise with them. And that's exactly why I provide these numbers and these spreadsheets for Playmaker Society members. Because the fact of the matter is most play-based businesses can't afford not to have this additional revenue and profit. This is a really difficult business and a lot of places are barely scraping by. And when I go behind the scenes and when I consult with these business owners, a lot of times they are missing this crucial component and it's because of that startup cost. So we're going to talk more about how to save on startup costs and we're going to talk more about how to increase your cafe sales throughout the rest of this week. But just know that again, if you're hesitant about adding a cafe because of the startup cost, just do the math. All right, so part two of this episode is coming up tomorrow because yes, (laughs) believe it or not, there are more reasons than just a crazy high profit margin for adding a cafe to your business. Then after tomorrow's episode, like I said, I'm going to share some tips about increasing cafe sales, decreasing costs, training your team, and I will be sharing tips from some guest experts and Playmaker Society members who are currently in the thick of it operating highly profitable cafes. So your play of the day today is just to do this little math exercise and use your own numbers. Do a little bit of research into what you could purchase wholesale beans for. Do a little bit of research into espresso machines. Watch my YouTube video so that you can get some more guidance and tune in with me here tomorrow. Again, that YouTube video is linked in the show notes. All right. I will see you right back here tomorrow for part two.